I was in a coma for six weeks while the doctors told my wife I was going to die. When I woke up, she told me the most fantastic story. My team kept running the business without me. Freelancers reached out to my team and said, we will do whatever it takes as long as Craig's in the hospital. I consider that the greatest accomplishment in my career. My name is Craig Andrews, and this is the Leaders and Legacies podcast, where we talk to leaders creating an impact beyond themselves. At the end of today's interview, I'll tell you how you can be the next leader featured on this show. Okay, today I want to welcome J.M. Ryerson. He founded and sold three businesses and is now helping leadership teams do the same. He is a leadership and performance coach, international speaker, and the host of the Let's Go Win podcast. And he's the best-selling author of the books, Let's Go Win, Champions Daily Playbook, and Upgrade. JM has been building companies and leading sales and leading sales teams for over 20 years. He is the co-founder and CEO of Let's Go Win, whose mission is to increase leadership, enhance culture, and help teams achieve peak performance. JM's great passions are inspiring people to live their best lives and become open to what life has in store for them. His ultimate goal is to give others the tools that will allow them to transcend their self-limiting beliefs. JM was raised in Montana and currently lives in Boca Raton, Florida with his wife, Lisa, and their two amazing boys. JM, welcome to Leaders and Legacies. Hey, what's up, Craig? Thanks for having me, brother. I appreciate it. And actually, my son was calling right during that. So I apologize to anybody that heard that. That shouldn't have happened, but he's the emergency contact, but he's fine. So anyway, thanks for having me, brother. No, absolutely. So, you know, um, what one of the things that we've, we've been talking about is, you know, a lot of people are struggling right now. You know, 23, 24 economy is, it's got some folks scared, uh, has some uh, folks drawing back and, and acting cautious. What are you seeing from your view of the world? Yeah, look, there's always going to be challenges and there's always going to be recessions. And I really think there's two things that I say you have complete control of. You have control of your attitude and your activity. And when it comes to when the economy is not, you know, out of out of control good, that's really where you need to look in the mirror and say, how is my attitude? How is my activity? Because here's the deal. In 08, 09 and 10, you and I were talking, my business actually grew through that. And, you know, a lot of people were scared and it was a recession. And yeah, I get all that. But guess what? It doesn't mean that you have to uh, stop growing. It doesn't mean that you, you know, that you're going to fail. It may mean you need to adapt. And I think that's what great companies do. They look and they say, okay, what's the challenge? How do we deal with it? That doesn't mean you're not going to have setbacks. But if you're not willing to evolve and change, then yeah, you're going to struggle. So right now, I don't see it, brother. I, I mean, my business is growing. I see people, when I go out to dinner, the restaurants are filled every single night. So when I hear the economy's not doing well, I don't see it, man. I see a lot of people succeeding. I do see people that have some fears. Like, for instance, when AI came out, people had some fears. It's going to take jobs. It's going to do all this stuff. 
look, that is the genie's out of the bottle. You may as well use it to your advantage and adapt to the change. And that's really what my last book was all about called Upgrade. It's uh, upgrading yourself to whatever environment you're in. So I'm not seeing anything crazy on, on my end. Now, what, um, you know, in terms of the people you're working with, are, do they tend to be high ticket things? Do they tend to be B2B, B2C, low ticket? Where, where do they lay? The majority of the folks that hire me, you know, they're executives uh, and they're more of a high ticket item. That doesn't mean uh, like, for instance, I've built products for everyone because I want the the tools that I talk about. I want it available to everyone. That's why I do the videos. That's why I wrote the second book. But in terms of most of my clients, you're looking at executives that are doing pretty well financially, but their relationships are not in great place. Maybe their health is struggling because they've been so focused on financial success and rewards. And that's really where I get a chance to come in and say, look, that's cool. We can build that, but let's take a holistic approach. Why did you start this to begin with? And it's typically the wife, the kids and the family. Okay, cool. Let's go ahead and make sure that you're taking care of all of these areas. So that's my typical client today. I've worked with athletes in the past as well. So it's it's usually high achievers, people that perform at a high level, and they just want a little bit more out of life. Okay. And <clears throat> so you mentioned a couple of the things that are holding them back. Um, what would you say are the most common things, like the top three or four things that you see holding folks back? Yeah, man, it, uh, the self-limiting beliefs, that's why it's in that intro. Uh, these things that have been lumped upon us when you know people believe they can only do so much. That's the, the number one thing that I deal with. And it's typically something that a parent or a grandparent or someone has given to them and they've believed it. Well, it's not actually true. It's just something that they've been conditioned to believe. That's number one. The second one is health. I am so tired of seeing really successful executives not take care of their health. And we've seen examples before where people built amazing companies and yet they're not in the best condition, or maybe they're not even around 10 years after they've really seen financial gain to be able to, to enjoy that. And then the last thing is their relationships, man. I have met so many incredibly successful business people where their relationships are just in disarray because they've forgotten to really take care of that. Well, the problem is that will come around full cycle and it will eventually affect your business. You'll have burnout. And so that's the, the main three that I work with on a, on a typical basis. Self-limiting beliefs, health is a mess, and the relationships just aren't as whole or sound as they'd like them to be. You know, I live in Austin, which tends to be a fairly fit city. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was in Ocean City, Maryland, uh, near, near where I grew up. I'm sitting out on the boardwalk and I'm walk, watching people walk by. And, you know, they're, they're, uh, there's a vendor called Thrasher's French Fries. They make amazing French fries. And I'm looking at these people. I'm like, please put down the French fries. And, you know, it's... It's sad. I mean, there's been such a change in the quality of the health of Americans over the last four or five, six decades. What, what, what are some of the things that you see in the people that you work with that they're driving that? Yeah, you know, unfortunately, it's really not the people in Maryland's fault that you're talking about. 
our food, if you look back, let's just compare a picture you'll see in the 60s on a beach versus today. And you will see how grotesquely obese we really have become as a society. Well, the challenge is our food has also become further and further away from what is real food and all the packaged stuff that people are putting in their bodies. It's not good. So you're, you are, you're seeing people uh, that are truly unhealthy. And I think it does start with food. Everybody knows move, have exercise, do exercise, but truly, if you were to look at it, exercise and your diet, 80% of how you look and feel is from what you're putting in your body. So if I were to coach anybody straight away, I would, Hey man, what are you doing to really take care of that? For instance, I recently went to a straight carnivore diet. Well, why did I do that? I have continued to seek and find the what's best for my stomach. What's crazy is I had taken red meat out of my diet for almost six years because I thought it upset me. What it upset me with was adding in any carb at the same time. And so it's been interesting to continue to change and, and look for these things because Again, I'm a kid from Montana. I love red meat, brother. I am I am all about give me a hamburger, give me a steak, I'm going to crush it. But at some point I wasn't feeling good. So I've literally gone gluten-free, I've gone dairy-free, and then I went all the way over to carnivore and I have to say it's the best I have felt since I was probably 15, 16 years old and I'm 45 now. So it's been 30 years to find this and I'm absolutely obsessed with it that doesn't mean everybody should do carnivore i'm not saying that but for my body weight just falls off i feel great mentally i'm clear so it's just really finding what works for you yeah what about exercise where where do you factor that into things yeah i have to exercise so i just i had my shoulder replaced about a month ago so i haven't been able to lift the way that i like to and that's really what i do exercise for every day is not only to to feel good physically, but mentally firing those, you know, getting that dopamine hit from doing the exercise, firing off those endorphins. And so what I what I coach people on is just sweat once a day. And that that served me well, where it's like, hey, man, I, whether you play pickleball one day or you go for a walk on the beach or you do yoga, I really don't care just on a daily basis, sweat once a day. And I think your body will respond kindly. Yeah. And, you know, obviously we talk a lot about leadership on, on the, this podcast. Why would you tell a leader that's central to leadership that they eat the right things and get the right amount of exercise? Yeah, this is a great question, brother. I'm so glad you asked it. You have to lead yourself first before you can lead anyone else. And when I start working with a client, I'll ask the same question. What are you doing for yourself before you pick up your cell phone? And typically it's not great answers because most people, they're picking up their cell phone, they're right into social media, their emails. It's like, hold on, before you can show up for anyone else, you need to take care of yourself. So the basic coaching that I do is take care of your mind, your body, and your soul before you help anyone else. And that includes your kids, your wife, the dog, the house, all of it. Make sure that you give yourself that time. That could be 15 minutes every morning. Or in my case, I take about two and a half hours to really do my morning routine so I can show up as the best version of me. And it's amazing if you're not intentional about it, 
how quickly you're picking up and you're right into your Instagram or you're into your emails and you never actually spent any time for you. It's hard to, to be the very best version when the first thing you see is some negative news story or some crazy uh, email that you have to deal with that puts you in a bad mood. So I really, really hope people hear this. Make sure to lead yourself first so you can show up as that best pinnacle leader for your for your folks. Yeah. That's and that's that's so powerful. So let's um let's kind of get to some nuts and bolts. You know, the you know, you talked about how you you grew your business in 08, you know, the Great Recession. And uh we're certainly a stronger economy now than we were then. So what would be some practical tips that you would share with leaders to look at what's ahead and how to how to map a plan to growth even now? Yeah. Slow down is the first thing I would say. Look at your business and realize what you're doing really good and what maybe you have some challenges in and be willing to adapt and change and upgrade your systems. And that's what we did in 08. We looked at it and business had gone so well, but we were doing so much outbound marketing. When we slowed down to say, wait a minute, how well are we doing with our clients and actually a referral basis? Well, we are doing a terrible job. Well, here's the crazy part. The moment we really dug in and focused on working with our current database, working with clients that trusted us, we immediately spiked because here's the deal. People that trust you have done business with you. They're willing to give you other people that then trust you because of the third party credibility. So it's the easiest thing to do when things are down is to slow down and say, what are we doing a great job at? What have we maybe not put our focus on? And there's always going to be something there. You'll typically take out things that maybe you should have anyway, but the economy was so good. You just kept going with it. And then you'll also see, man, we have really not put focus in an area where we could grow and for us in that in that time frame it was really working with our current database and it was amazing how fast we grew and how easy it was so do better with the things that you have worry less about what's out there that you haven't grasped hold of do better with the things that you have yeah and i think this is something whether it's a recession or just on a monthly or or quarterly basis slow down and really look at what you're doing because it's really easy to always be in reaction mode or or just be in this mode of go, go, go. I, I think it's really important to step back and say, hey, how are we doing? Really, are, are, we, are we getting everything we can out of this? Are we doing things that maybe we could be doing better? And there's always gonna be something that you can upgrade. So just give yourself that time. I think it's so powerful for executive teams to to step back and really look at what they're doing. And also for yourself, give yourself a day or two to look at how am I doing and, and the things I was talking about earlier. How is my health? How are my relationships? Am I doing hobby? Some of the things that are so important that we can neglect, why are we neglecting it? And if we are, let's let's put a little focus on it. Yeah. Now, when you talk, I, I can picture a lot of people saying, well, JM really has this together. Life is always easy. Life you know, just happens for him. But you had a, a business partner steal, what, two and a half million dollars. And that was after a kind of a tough time in life. 
Yeah, I had lost my dad in March 6 of 2022 and he actually he he committed suicide and I didn't know that was even a possibility. And during my time of grief and really, you know, grieving my dad, I I had taken my eye off the 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 ball of a, the business that I owned at the time. And I had a business partner that effectively had stolen around two and a half million dollars. Now, you could easily get real cynical and say, woe is me. Look, I, I got screwed. You can clearly see you should feel bad for me. And there was a moment where I wanted to. But what's that going to solve? The money's gone. My dad's gone. I can't get him back. So what am I going to do in response to that? And the, and this is really something that we can all do on a daily basis. Are you going to be a victim or are you going to be a victor? And in that moment, I chose, you know what? It sucks, but I can't change the past. What can I do today? And again, I went back to my attitude, my activity, and I figured out a solution. I figured out a great solution that I can have within this business and a way to exit that other company because clearly we weren't aligned if this partner was willing to steal. Now, I could have easily sued and gone down that route. And I was like, I don't want that negativity in my world. No offense to attorneys. It just wasn't the, the route I wanted to take. And I just chose to rise above it, learn from what I had done wrong. How was I naive, perhaps? And how can I get better? And, and that's ultimately what I chose to do. And it was a great lesson. And I'm not saying it's easy. Look, being a victim, I understand. But what's it doing for you? How's it showing up in your life? And I didn't want to, you know, be, I didn't want that to be my dad's legacy, this one act. He was an amazing man. And this is unfortunate. And I want him back. And I wish my business partner hadn't done that because he was like my closest friend. But you know what? That's the way it, it went. And now I was real clear on what I need to be doing and reinventing myself. Yeah. Do you have a, a process that you would, um, you know, that you would help people walk through? It, it's, I mean, so the adventure talking about those are devastating and I don't want to, you know, the, the, the approach you've taken that, Hey, let's put that behind us. Let's move forward. That's amazing. I think that's the right approach. I think I see so many people that are stuck, but there is some natural grieving that happens, you know, when you lose your dad to suicide, when you, uh, when your bar business partner steals from you. Um, I mean, for, you know, for me, I had to learn how to walk again. I still, despite many efforts, uh, am far, far, far from the, you know, the health I used to live at, you know, these are things that grieve does not hold me back. How do you recommend people process through this to get to where you are quickly? Yeah, it's a good question, man. Uh, for me, it uh, writing is a huge part. So people have heard it before. You're going to hear it again. I journal like crazy because that allows me to take all the stuff inside my head, all that negativity and put it on paper. Now that allows me to release it. There's also something that I talk about the three R's. So recognize whatever's going on in your brain. And this works great with fears, by the way. So you recognize the fear and you write it down. Then I want you to release it. So you literally take it and you you rip the paper up, you burn it. I'm a burner. Uh, you shred it. You may, I don't really care what you do. Get rid of whatever you wrote down. And then you react in complete opposition 
of whatever that was. So my anger or my my shame or my sadness, I write that down and then I I get rid of it. So it's recognize, release, and react in opposition. That small tool, along with just journaling, truly made a difference during that that dark time for me to say, okay, this sucks, but let's get it out, get it out of my head and onto the paper. Let's release it, man. It's no longer there. It's gone. And I'm going to go. So if I'm feeling sad, I'm going to figure out something to make me happy. So I'm going to meditate. I'm going to go do a cold plunge. I'm going to go work out. I'm going to go hit the heavy bag, whatever it is that works for you. And you do that process again and again and again. It doesn't mean I'm not sad. I got sad the like last weekend about my dad. I was crying. Grief is going to show up and that's cool. Go through it. But then well, how are you going to get yourself out of it and show up as the best version of you? And that three R system has been awesome for me. Oh, that's, that's survivable. Thank you. Now, one of the things that any leader inevitably faces is just like one of those gut wrenching white knuckled moments. And for you, you ended up uh, moving, making a big change in your third company, moving to your third company. What was that? Yeah. So I wasn't aligned with the business partners that I had. And uh, in the second company, it doesn't mean they were bad people at all. It just means that we weren't aligned and it wasn't working to the point where it was like, all right, we need to shift. Well, the challenge was you're, you're taking, you know, again, whatever I was making, you know, low seven figures or high six figures, and you're now going to something unknown. Okay, there's some fear there, but that wasn't the challenge. The real challenge was I had about 200 human beings that were going to be following me to this third company. Now, on paper, the third company sounds awesome, but you have all these people with looking at you like, hey, is it going to work? And I, when you say that white knuckle moment, I think that's the time where it really was, all right, is it going to work? And the truth is, I believe in what Henry Ford said years ago, whether you think you can or can't, you're right. And that was a moment where I was like, absolutely, this is going to work. We built it once, we'll build it again. And this time we're going to build it with complete alignment where people are really happy and fulfilled and everyone is really rowing the boat in the same direction. And although there was those the, the moment of the white knuckle, it was worth every moment of that because the the company that we created was so amazing and yet we could have continued to make money the the place we were but ultimately it wasn't fulfilling so it sometimes when you're having those moments those are the most profound moments and the ones that really are telling you it's time for an upgrade it's time to make a change so it was scary but at the same time it was one of my favorite moments when i look back yeah. Let's unpack that that statement by Henry Ford, whether you can or can't, whether, whether you believe you can or can't, you're right. Is that what, what it was? Yeah. Whether you think you can or can't, you're right. It's pretty simple, but yeah, man, it's, I just, it's so simple and yet it's so profound. And, and so, yeah, let's draw that out. What's that? You're saying that your mindset is going to drive your outcome. If you believe you can't do it, then that's the most likely outcome. Yeah, so I look at two recent leaders, Steve Jobs, Elon Musk. They had ideas that when they initially said it, people are like, you're crazy. The fact that you're going to have all of these songs in this tiny little 
what was an iPod and now it's a, a cell phone. That's a crazy idea for all those people that had records and eight tracks and CDs. Like that was an outlandish idea. Elon Musk, this idea of electric cars that, that you're going to go against the gigantic beast of the, uh, of oil. And you're going to go right in the face of manufacturing. And you're going to say, we're going to have electric vehicles. And he said, yeah. And I guess that's, the the whole point of that quote is whether you think you can or can't you're right elon and steve knew they could it didn't matter what anybody else said it didn't matter what the challenges were it didn't matter if people called them absolutely insane they were so clear on their vision that it was going to happen no matter what and that's the people that really inspire you where it's like nothing was going to stop them and they were told they were crazy. They had people coming at them. They had people trying to take them down. And yet they still persevered because they knew in their hearts that they could do this vision, this outlandish thing. And I, I just think if you look at that, look at whatever your challenge is. And if you're hearing everybody else say you can't and you're accepting that, then you're right. But if you listen to everybody and you're like, I can still do this, you're right. And you can absolutely accomplish anything that you're willing to have the vision for and, and, and put into action. Wow. Well, Jan, th these have been some amazing insights. Really appreciate you uh, coming on leaders and legacies. I'm certain there are people listening that, that want to connect more and figure out how to implement this in their lives. How do people reach you? Yeah. Thank you, brother. There's two places. I just redid my website and I'm really uh, proud of the work that the team did and shout out to Groove because they they did it. They're awesome. Uh, so let's go win.com. And then, uh, you know, let's go win 365 on Instagram seems to be the most traction. I just that for whatever reason, people seem to resonate the most with my content there. So please reach out, DM me, and if I can help you in any way, I would love to. And thank you, brother. This was great. You asked great questions, and I'm just very grateful to be on your show. So thank you. All right. Well, have a great day. This is Craig Andrews. I want to thank you for listening to the Leaders and Legacies podcast. We're looking for leaders to share how they're making impact beyond themselves. If that's you, please go to alliesforme.com slash guest and sign up there. If you got something out of this interview, we would love you to share this episode on social media. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone who would be a great guest, tag them on social media and let them know about the show, including the hashtag Leaders and Legacies. I love seeing your posts and suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss anything, please go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to my team. If you want to know more, please go to alliesforme.com uh, or follow me on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.